This is Conversations with Corliss, the podcast that features real and inspiring people who are leading their lives with purpose, passion, and confidence. Through their stories, advice, and expertise, you will be empowered with tools and insights to become the leader you are meant to be. Your host, Corliss, is a Dare to Lead trained, certified success principles coach, best-selling author, and inspirational speaker. As an entrepreneur for more than two decades, she has coached, trained, and mentored thousands to tap into their personal power and realize their potential. Through her company, Corliss Co., she will help you dream again and break through what holds you back from leading the life you want to have. Connect with her today at corliss.ca. Hi, everyone. This is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it. My name is Corliss and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my 40s and realized time stands still for no one. With my kids more independent and my career not as fulfilling as it once was, I found myself wondering if this was it and what was next for me. I went looking for answers to recreate my life and I found them in having meaningful conversations with inspiring people. That's what we'll do here for you. Whatever you're looking for, I'm glad you're here. Aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count. It's time to take charge of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. This podcast is meant to help you do that. So let's get started. Today's episode is sponsored by Glenda Alexin with Century 21 Prestige Real Estate. A great realtor stays on top of current market conditions, but also takes the time to understand each client's unique circumstances. I can personally attest to Glenda doing that as she has been my realtor a few times now. Having her help to navigate the process of buying and selling has been priceless to me. She recognizes there is no one formula that suits all neighborhoods or all properties, and certainly not all buyers or sellers. Glenda Alexson is with Century 21 and has been in real estate since 2008 covering Prince Albert and area. She brings with her a complimentary set of skills from her previous careers. With a background that includes interior design, photography, and marketing, Glenda brings you that extra advantage as she takes property presentation very seriously. Glenda loves her job and she falls in love with each and every home she markets. When asked what she enjoys most about her career, she said it's the relationships that she makes with her clients. She treats every client as if she's advising a family member. Check out Glenda's webpage at glendao.com for all your real estate needs in Prince Albert and area. She is working from sign up till sign down. This is episode 051, Embracing Change and Who You Are with Tamala Apple. The only constant thing that we can always count on is change. So how do we manage it and embrace it when sometimes it causes a lot of stress or uneasiness when we're going through it? How do we accept ourselves and others, even when we have differences? In this episode, we talk about this and a whole lot more. As George Bernard Shaw said, Progress is impossible without change, and those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. What a brilliant thought. What if change needs to happen for things to get better? What if we are what needs to change so that our lives can become better? 
One of my favorite quotes of all time is, yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I am changing myself. In my opinion, we change the world by changing ourselves, because when we show up as the best that we can be, we create positive change all around us. And when we do that intentionally, the ripple effect is so big that we can literally create change across the world. Change can be good. It really can. Let's explore that today. Tamala Apple is a senior consultant at Kidstinctive Solutions and believes everyone is a leader. She worked in the field of education for more than 25 years, teaching at a college level, pre-K, and most recently grade four, where she recently resigned from. Tamala has certificates as a neurolinguistic practitioner, life and happiness coaching, and as an accredited youth advocate. Tamala's current focus is on helping others discover their natural problem-solving skills so that they can understand what makes them awesome. So welcome to the show, Tamala. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us, especially on such short notice here today. No problem. Thank you for inviting me, Corliss. I'm excited to be here with you. Well, really, we've been wanting to do this for a few months now. And of course, I had the honor of being a guest on your podcast as well. So it's really fun to continue our conversation here. And today we're talking about all things change, which can be really challenging for people. Sometimes these things like really affect our lives and can even affect us. And that's what we want to talk about here. It can really change us. Change can change us. So let's start with, you know, why change is important and is it necessary? I really feel like change is important. You know, there are a lot of changes that are going on in the world right now and and embracing change is important because it helps us to get through it. You know, even little changes, if you do little changes every day, even if it's from taking a different route home from work to uh, building a different meal than you normally would in the day, Things like that are important and they're actually necessary for our memory. Okay, talk a little bit more about that. So as you get older, especially if you have, if you believe that Alzheimer's is in your family and you believe that that's something that you may may end up having as you're older, even dementia, it's shown that if you make little changes in your life, every day or every week, that those changes actually cause your brain to make different pathways. And that's very important so that it's, it's kind of staving off the dementia and Alzheimer's that could be coming on. So, oh, that's neat. And that's looking into the future, of course, that that could be a possibility. However, you know, I think, um, let's call it autopilot coasting. I think a lot of people feel discontent with their lives or maybe unfulfilled at the end of the day because it's like autopilot, like, you know, just like the pilot of an airplane can just push the button and just go. It's like same thing, same route, same everything, which kind of speaks to what you're talking about here with, with that. Like that's why change is, is good. It's not only good for our brains, but it's good to change things up. So we feel better about our lives. Would you say? Absolutely. You know, some people have a real resistance to change, though. Like there's that if they know change is coming on, there's a real push pull internally. And sometimes it's to the point that it causes great anxiety when people know they have to change. 
Yes. Okay. So why, why does that happen? (laughs) Why do they, why do they feel that instead of embracing it? Right. You know, it's, it's because of the way that we do things. So you do things so differently than I do things, than my daughter does things, than my partner does things. We all have our method of doing. And if we are put into strain in that method of doing things, then that can cause that resistance and it can cause people to really feel uncomfortable. Now, for example, I myself embrace change. I'm somebody who going throughout my day, if something comes up, oh, I can just change quickly and and move on to that and switch back. And I can do many things at once. I can multitask very easily. Whereas I have a friend who absolutely hates change in her day. If she's got something planned, she needs to start at the beginning and follow that through. And if she's interrupted in that, it puts her into a very frustrated, strained state. And so depending on how you do things, how you take action, uh, it, it will affect how you resist change or how you embrace that change. So it's almost like a mental, a mental switch. Like instead of kind of freaking out that, you know, this is changing, I don't, I'm going to resist this. It's like just a shift to, you know, this is going to bring something good because it could, you know, I always talk with my clients about the only way, like when we're in our comfort zones, it's really comfortable. We like that certainty that's connected with that. And it's beautiful. But the only thing is, is that it can cause discontent because we're just not experiencing anything fully. We're just like same old, same old, same old. And the only way out of your comfort zone is to be uncomfortable first. So that's just the only way. It's like you can't get comfortable with something unless you exit the comfort zone to enter the uncomfortable zone to become comfortable with that again. It's really about challenging yourself to grow and evolve and embrace that idea, is it not? Absolutely. That's exactly how I feel. I believe that you, you, you have to walk through it. You have to walk through that change and you have to be able to know that there's something on the other side that you're heading towards that could be greater for you. And, you know, talking about change, I have had a great deal of change over the last oh, uh, let's say three months. Uh, I was teaching grade four, excuse me. I was teaching grade four and I've been a teacher uh, in the same school division for 15 years. I taught pre-kindergarten for 11 of them and grade four for the last four. I knew that in the fall, I would be teaching grade five. So I would have the same class that I had previously. And I, I've never been able to have that before and would have absolutely loved that because you can get so much more done in, in a short uh, time frame. Anyway, I actually decided to resign from my teaching position. I moved two hours from where I had been living and am doing some extra entrepreneurial things now, 
rather than teaching. So I didn't even go back into teaching. So talk about a lot of change and then, you know, uplifting your, your entire life and moving it into another location and getting rid of half of my stuff in the meantime, doing so, you know, so there was a lot of change. And I, even though I embraced change, it was even a lot for me. However, I knew that I needed to walk through that so that I could get to the other side and be doing the work that I think is so, so essential to support the people that are around me and to support children in, in their growth and in their change and in what's going on in today. So change is so, is so uh, difficult sometimes, but knowing that you have to walk through it to get to the other side, it's, it's something that's so important. So I was actually going to ask you what gave you the courage to do that, but I think you kind of answered it because in my experience, and I, I really think this is a solid fact, let's say 99 of the 100 people are going to relate to this that might be listening, that in order to push through the fear and embrace the change, you have to have something bigger than you that's calling you to do that. So whether it be showing up for your family, you know, to make that career change, whether it be, um, you know, realizing that life is limited and you don't want to, you know, stay in the same position that you're in. Um, perhaps it's a relationship that isn't serving you anymore. And you just have to find that, that reason to that's bigger than you to release yourself of that and to walk away from it, whatever it is, it, there's got to be a purpose that's bigger than you to motivate you to make that change. Is, is that kind of your experience as well? Yes. And because this was such a big change, it was, it had to be, there had to be something big on the other side for me. You know, I had to be able to, to be going to something that was, it was more fulfilling or more, um, it had so much potential that I knew I was going to be in a better space when I got to the other side of it. So, and I'm grateful that I did, even though there were some really hard days. There were some days where I was in tears thinking, did I make the right move, you know, <laughs> because change can be that way. Um, but I know in the end that this, it was the right change for me. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was talking to my daughter the other day um, because she has been doing a lot of change as well. And we were talking about another friend too. And, and I did say to her, you know, do what you believe that you would do if you had the freedom to just be you. Like taking away everybody else's thoughts and ideas and taking away what other people think that you should be doing or you need to be doing. Put their opinions and ideas to the side and just for you, what would you do if you had the freedom to just be you and do that. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know, um, Tony Robbins, of course, I've done a lot of training with Tony. I believe you have as well. And Tony talks, talks about the six basic human needs and there's, there is six of them. However, 
for the purpose of this conversation, I want to kind of highlight two of them. So one of the basic human needs is certainty. We like certainty. We like to know and, you know, feel comfortable and confident and grounded. We like that. And yet another human need is that we need variety. (laughs) We're complicated, we people, that our basic needs are certainty and yet we want variety. So depending on where you're at in your life, you know, you might be experiencing, you know, certainty is what you're grasping for and what you really feel that you need right now. Or maybe you're like, I'm, I'm just tired of the same old and I'm embracing change because I'm looking forward to this interrupting this pattern of certainty because I want some variety in my life. I want to change things up. So wherever you're at, just know that it's okay where you're at and that this conversation is really meant to just inspire you to, you know, grow personally and to self-assess yourself and say, you know, where am I at with this? Am I resisting this? Is, am I causing myself stress? Am I causing myself worry and anxiety because I'm resisting the change? And what are the other possibilities here? Because that's a big question to ask yourself is like, if you're resisting change, flip it around and say, are there possibilities here that I am resisting? Maybe there's something that I'm not seeing and I'm causing this for myself, this, this uncomfortableness, when really I could just flip it around in my own mindset and say, is there a possibility here of, you know, something bigger, better, um, or more fulfilling for me? Right. It's so important to be able to make that switch. And it's also important to be able to recognize if what you're feeling actually belongs to this situation. You know, is the angst or the, the uncomfortable feeling that you might be having in this specific situation, does it actually belong here? Or are you relating to something that happened in the past that is making you feel that anxiety that, you know, if you, if you have a situation where you know this has happened in the past and, and that made you uncomfortable, that doesn't mean that this situation will necessarily make you uncomfortable. So if you can reframe that and say, you know what, I learned something from a situation that happened in the past that I can use to make this situation be more positive. Mm, I like it. I like it. So let's talk some more about reframing it in our minds. So if somebody is still listening at this point of this of this topic, they are in the space of of change. So how can we reframe it in our minds? Let's give them some kind of, you know, key bullet points of things that they can do tactical things that they can actually implement right away. I think one thing that people can do is just give themselves a break let themselves know that, you know what, we all struggle at times. And that if we can just take a deep breath in, hold it in for the count of eight, and then breathe it out. Sometimes just deep breathing can help you to calm your being and refocus so that you can actually think again. Sometimes we get ourselves into a state of stress, and sometimes it can be conative stress, which is uh, an aspect of the mind that, that isn't talked about a lot, but it's when you are doing something that goes against your innate way of doing things. So it goes against your 
your natural way of doing things. And when you run out of battery power in your natural way of doing things, you, you bump up against a wall that is really, it stops you in your tracks and it give it takes away a lot of your energy. And so if you can just stop and you can breathe and you can refocus your mind, then it can bring some of that energy back for you. Mm-hmm. It's about getting yourself on a different energy level. Like that's actually an, a pattern interrupt right there. That that technique that you're talking about, just stop, pause, breathe and interrupt the, the pattern of distress kind of thing. You know, I'd like to add something to that because so often I call it my force figure out state. <laughs> this is where this is where I'm like, I'm just you know, trying to figure it out. And I'm like frantically trying to, so I call it the force figure out because I'm just trying to figure it out. And like, so I can move on. And really sometimes I just got to cut myself some slack and say, you know what, it's okay. This is just going on right now. And just, just stop, just stop, relax, take a breath, like you say, and, and, you know, give yourself some grace, I guess. Absolutely. And, you know, putting your hands on your heart, just while you're breathing in and just giving yourself grace. And the one thing that I really focused on a lot when I was in my worst state was putting my hand on my heart, breathing in and, and reminding myself that I'm enough, that I'm enough Mm. for every situation that I come into. I'm enough for every person that I come across every situation and anything that I do will be enough. And Mm. it really helped me get through some tough times knowing that I love myself and, and it's, it's going to be okay. Whatever, whatever the change is, it's going to be okay in the end. Hmm. That is so beautiful. Wow. Are we aligned on that? I didn't even know that about you, but hand on your heart, believe it or not, I actually just did a post today about with a picture of my hand on my heart. You're kidding. (laughs) It actually just published this morning. That's crazy. So listen, for the audience, do you think, I've never done this before, but I kind of feel like I just want to do it. I feel called to do this right now. So let's just run with it. I think that we should pause for a minute. Audience, wherever you are, of course, if you're driving your car, probably not a good idea. Maybe just put one hand on your heart instead of both and keep your eyes on the road. But maybe we could just put our hands on our hearts for just a second and just breathe deep and say to ourselves, you're enough and you'll be enough for everything that you have to do. So let's just pause for a second and do that. I really want to encourage you to do that. I like to close my eyes even when I do it. So really what we're talking about here is self-talk and going within. Let's talk about that. Is this part of the process of evolving into accepting ourselves for who we are? Absolutely. It's so, in my experience, it's so essential in getting you through some of those tougher times that you're feeling like you're not enough, like you're feeling like you've failed at something or, or you've done something that was wrong. Uh, then if you can embrace the being that you are, because we're all beautiful, lovely beings. We, there is not one person on the earth who doesn't have that inside of them. And I believe that if you can accept yourself and accept the, the love that's within you and can embrace that love within you, then you can share that with others as well. 
You know, it's, it's the people who are having difficulties accepting themselves for who they are and accepting the love that they are that do have difficulties sharing that. You know, if you, if you accept it, you can share. Hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because self-acceptance really connects to self-love and that is a shift in our minds. And I'd actually like to talk with you about some affirmations or some reprogramming here, because a lot of times when we're speaking to ourselves, not kindly, it's actually past programming. And the idea is to change. This is where change is for sure. Good for everyone is to become conscious of what you're thinking and how you're speaking to yourself or how you're looking at a situation and, and really, you know, mindset top of mind and becoming aware of what those thoughts are. And then in interrupting it and changing it on purpose with a thought that does serve you. And when you do that, is it your experience that it will immediately shift how you feel like immediately? Like when I change my thoughts, so I'll give you an example. Um, I have a COVID tummy that I'm not in love with right now. <laughs> and it's, it's really bothering me because I have an event coming up that's extremely important to me and I want to be able to fit this dress. Okay. So I have been saying things to myself and every day looking and going, oh, like, how am I going to fit that? And almost feeling the stress of like, I want to fit that dress and I want to look beautiful. And, you know, why'd you let yourself do that? And I almost go into this downward spiral of beating up on myself. And when I, then I go into my closet, I go to put on a pair of jeans. I'm like, gosh, these are uncomfortable. So this is just one time, right? So this, this self-talk. So when I switch that around and I change the way that I'm looking at it to realize that it's not all about, it's okay if my body has shifted and that, you know, I'm pretty, I, I look pretty great for who, like where I'm at in my life and to forgive myself and to give myself some grace on this. And it just changes how I feel almost immediately. And the other thing I like to do is dance so that I just, you know, turn on some music and go for a walk and listen to some upbeat music. And it shifts how I feel. So I could, that kind of follows the whole thing, but we have control over ourselves and what we're thinking. And sometimes we're not even aware of what we're doing to ourselves. And if we consciously make that change that I love myself for who I am and what I look like and all that I am, maybe, maybe we can actually change how we feel immediately as we walk towards who we want to be and what we want to look like and what we want to do. Would you agree? You know, there's a point, I do, after you've done the work for a while, once you've done the work for a while, and I'll give you an example in a second, then you're, it becomes habit. And when it becomes habit, then it can, then it can be a switch that's on and off. When I was, when I, I'm divorced, and when I first left my ex-husband, I was in a house by myself. And when my kids were not there, I was in a really devastated state. And this happened over and over again. And there was a point in my life where I got up one day and I went into my bathroom and I laid down on the floor and I was crying. I was in so much agony, physically, mentally, emotionally, I just, I couldn't pull myself out of this. And through the absolute sobbing, I thought to myself, girl, you've got one of two choices you're going to have to make here. You either decide that 
it's not worth being around or you pick your ass up off that floor and you figure out a way to get through this for your kids. And so I stood up and I grabbed the lipstick off my counter, which hadn't been used in I don't know how long because I was in a state of who cares. So I did not wear makeup at that point. I wrote on my mirror, I am enough. And I cried. I was sobbing. It was ugly crying because I did not believe that. But I left that on my mirror and every day I would go into the bathroom and I'd make myself say that. And after about three weeks, I started to believe it. So it took a long time or what felt like a long time, but I, the tears had stopped. Um, at first, when I would go in and I would say it, I would be crying because I just, it, it didn't feel right. So after three weeks, it, I believed it. And then I started, I, I erased that off of my mirror and started putting sticky notes. I, my mirror for seven years had sticky notes all around it. And so I literally just took them off this last weekend when I moved, when I gathered the rest of my stuff and moved out. Um, and every sticky note was something like, I am worthy. I am enough. I am love. I'm the artist of my life. I hold the paintbrush. Um, I am happy. I am soulful. I am beautiful. I'm sexy. I am awesome. You know, you get it. It was just like, so sticky notes around the entire mirror. And anytime that I was feeling down, I would go in there, I would read one of those sticky notes, and I'd be like, I would just let this breath of air out, knowing where I came from, and that I'm not going back there. And so after a while of saying those sticky notes, saying what those affirmations were, after a while, I just got to a point where I could just, I could stop. And if I was in a bad state, I would just think to myself, okay, think of one of the sticky notes. And I would pick one that I would, that was, would benefit me in that moment. And I would say that sticky note. And, that, and one of the affirmations would be every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. And I have had ups and downs along the way, but I've always been able to recognize them before they hit an extreme low and be able to pull myself back up using what I know. And whether it's what I know from Tony Robbins or Dr. Joe Dispenza or Dean Graciosi or, you know, all of the mentors that I've had, I use the information that I keep in a little toolbox in my mind and I just help myself to move forward hand on heart, one breath at a time. Oh, beautiful. I am a huge fan of affirmations and the, the words I am when put together are the two most powerful words in our alphabet. And really what you're doing is practicing reprogramming. And, uh, you know, to, to speak to the story of where I've been at and knowing that you know, this is going on. I love how you're sharing with us that it's a continuous process of practicing reprogramming our thinking. So here, I'm going to share, I am beautiful. I am healthy. 
I am alive and well, because I am, even if even if my jeans are a little tight right now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, there's another affirmation. I wrote about this in my book, and it has been probably my biggest one. And it really goes along with what you're you're sharing here. And it's this. I love who I am as I become who I want to be. And that one has been really big on my journey to self-love and self-acceptance and embracing changes that go on in my life because, you know, I want to get there, you know, I want to get there. And that's where the, but I also want to embrace who I am right now. So I love who I am as I become who I want to be has been kind of a, a mantra for me. Um, as I've journeyed my life here, especially navigated difficult times, very similar to what you've described in in your situation with restarting your life after after divorce. I, I certainly relate to that, and I'm sure a lot of women that are listening will. Are you ready to get excited about your life again? If your first thought was yes, you need to know about the 21-day challenge that begins soon. Go to corliss.ca to join now. When our world closed down and we all found ourselves trying to make our way through the challenge, I designed a 21-day program that focused on helping participants find their way back to themselves. The first seven days were focused on releasing the past, the next seven on being present in the moment, and the last seven on moving towards the future with passion and enthusiasm. Each day for 21 days, you get a short video message delivered to your inbox daily, along with a thought, decision, and action step for the day to focus on. You also get a custom designed printable journal that matches the video lesson. This makes working through the challenge so easy as your reflection is completely guided. And on top of all of that, you get access to an incredible community that is so supportive and engaged. Through their stories and sharing, your experience is taken to a whole new level. Truthfully, the positive impact that these challenges had on those involved surpassed every expectation that I had. It has been nothing short of amazing to watch the quick transformation and breakthroughs of the participants. It's why I have to tell you and everyone else about it so that you can have that too. There are hundreds of five-star reviews where participants said things like, this helped me start my journey towards finding myself again and not your ordinary self-help program. It was refreshing and inspiring. And this challenge allowed me to get grounded again after the craziness of last year. Go check out what others have to say and get registered now at cordless.ca. But for now, before I leave you, I want to share one full review from Michelle. Just an amazing course, Corliss. You've lifted us all to another level, no matter where we were at in our journey coming into this. I love the layout and the progression, so organized and meaningful. Just the perfect scope and sequence. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for these valuable lessons and for pulling together such an inspirational rock star group of women for me to learn from. Now that just warms the heart, doesn't it? Head on over to corliss.ca now to participate. So when you accept yourself, is it easier to accept others, even if we have differences? Absolutely. You know, that's the, one of the biggest things for me is I know that I don't judge people the way I used to judge people and I don't anymore. It's one of those things that if they are in a space where they need to be doing what they're doing, they may, if, if it's something negative, they may need the support that I needed when I was at a low state. 
you know, so, and, and just because I have different opinions than somebody else doesn't mean that my opinion is right and theirs is wrong. It just means it's different. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I heard a story from one of my clients actually, where she was uh, telling the story about some, uh, what would you call it? Conflict, you know, between her and her father. And she said all my life, like I wanted my dad to be how other kids dads were. And she said, I like wanted that, wanted that so badly. And, and now that I'm a grown adult, what I realized is that's not who he is. And she said, as soon as I made that switch in my own mind and recognized that, that that's not the person that he is. And all of the conflict that I'm creating inwardly and between us is because I'm expecting him to be someone and something he's not. And she said, The beauty of the self-love of that was to just look at him, love him for who he was, accept him for who he was instead of trying to make him something different. And, you know, she shared that it magic, she said, just like magic, it changed their entire relationship because the resistance was gone. It was just pure love and acceptance of each other. And I just thought that story was so powerful because I think a lot of times when we're in conflict you know, with, with someone else, especially that has differences to us is because we're trying to get them to be something else. And that's really ego driven. That's actually, that's a self-serving thing because we want you to be a certain way. Whereas love is not ego driven. Love is really truly about acceptance, even differences. So, um, I like, I like the share here and I wanted to share, you know, the story that was shared with me that I thought was so powerful. I hope it, it supports someone here today. So with all the things that are happening in the world, you know, is this a good time for us to see ourselves as leaders? Because in this podcast and all the work that I do, we're really defining, redefining leadership, that leaders are everywhere in our homes, our communities, our careers, they're everywhere. And is this a good time right now for us to see ourselves in that role and kind of step into that? You know, I believe that everybody is a leader. Everybody is a leader in their own way. And I, I feel like the best leaders are those who encourage others around them to lift each other up, to support each other. And my, my friend always says, a leader is like the flock of geese that are flying in the sky, right? So they're flying in a V. But the the one in front never stays in front. They get tired or they have something else that they need to work on. And so they fly, fly to the back, right? So then somebody else steps up and leads again. And so I think it's important that we all embrace the abilities that we have as leaders. And and whether that might be, you know, I can lead best uh, by showing you how to cook, or I can lead best by setting the table, or I can lead best by um, speaking, or, or I can lead best by helping those who are in need of support at the time. You know, we all have that ability to lead. And I think it's something that and I'm just going to step back into my role as a teacher for a minute, that in schools, we kind of, we, we kind of encourage, but we don't encourage all of the different ways of leading. And so that's one thing that 
that we need to really fix in that in the school system is showing kids what their innate ability is so that they can lead because when you know your innate ability, you know how you can lead. So if you if you've ever wondered, like, why does my child do that? Why are they always walking around? Why are they always, you know, standing beside their desk? Why are they? Why are they uh, messy? Why is their bedroom upside down? Can't they keep it straight? Why is their desk a, an absolute disaster? Or why do they have to finish one thing before they move on to the next? Some of these things are their innate abilities and are ways that they can be leaders if you know how to encourage it. So we all have that leader inside of us, but sometimes it's been stifled so that we don't even know what that looks like. We don't know what, how to lead. We don't know who it is inside of us that can lead because we've always kind of held back or been pushed off to the side. So leadership's important. And I think every single one of us is a leader in a way. Mm-hmm. I like it. You know, I used to, uh, like, I'm one of eight children and my parents, well, my dad, <laughs> he humble little farmer, but he used to say, oh, she was the worst one <laughs> because I was this rebel child that always had my own way of wanting to do things. And, you know, a lot of times I felt so misunderstood. So that would just make me you know, want to try harder and be, be, you know, like, uh, put my back up and really kind of rebel against, you know, the commonplace of, of do of ways of doing things. And it made me lose my way a lot of times. It would have been so much easier if I had been understood. And, and if, you know, the people around me would have had the capability to say, you know what, she's like a little natural born leader. And now looking back on it, I actually, I, I don't think I was a rebel child. I think I was a natural born leader and that, you know, the people around me at that time just didn't have the ability to be able to really nurture that and bring that out in me. Instead, they were like, just stop it. You're misbehaving. And, you know, it's interesting looking back on it now. So we can re- reframe that in our minds too, where instead of thinking it's like they're just a difficult child or a difficult person, maybe they're just a leader that's really stepping into their potential. <laughs> well, it's true. Like it's it, it could be that they are they are a leader and they're leading in a different way that might actually be an important way for you to see or might actually be have have some incredible ideas that could support what you need in your organization or in your in your life right so yeah it is it's it's really incredible when you take a look at what how we treat children in the schools and we anybody that's not sitting and doing their work is is quote unquote wrong, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and, and we need to take a step back and, and look at what their innate abilities are. Yeah, I love it. I I have enjoyed this conversation so much. And I have uh, three more closing questions that I want to ask you. But is there anything else that you wanted to share on this topic in particular with change and embracing who we are? I could go on and on and on, Corliss. So that's, (laughs) I better, I better just say, you know, that, that, change is important and and it's okay to feel uncomfortable through it but know that once you get to the other side that it can be a really amazing thing allow yourself to grow through change that is how we grow 
Beautiful. Yes. Can you imagine a world that never changed? Like, honestly, if it was the exact same thing, coming back to the basic human needs, if it was the exact same thing, nothing ever changed. I mean, we wouldn't be fulfilled. We wouldn't. It's just that sometimes when we're going through the process of, you know, things evolving, things changing around us, you know, things that are out of our control, we can't see the gifts when we're in it a lot of times. So then we resist it. It's like, please don't change. I don't want it. This is like scary. This is uncomfortable. And usually it's just fear-based. Whereas if you look back on something that happened to you, say five or 10 years ago, or even a year ago that you thought when you were in it, it was changing. It was going to be so hard. It was going to be so scary. And you didn't know how the heck you would get out of it. But I, I want to challenge you to look back on that situation now. And not only did you get through it, I'll bet you, you can find gifts from the experience and, and that there was rewards to the change and that it's helped you evolve to where you are now. So just embrace it, my friends, like just be present to it as much as you possibly can. And for goodness sakes, do something to, to get yourself in a place of not going it alone. Like personal growth is a journey and you don't need to do it by yourself. There's so many things that you can do that will help you you know, become and, and become and change and, and, um, grow into who you are yet to be. So just do that, take ownership of your life and, and do something for yourself. So the three closing questions are this, and because we're redefining leadership here, and this is a real leadership podcast, I'd love to know the answer to the question. What is leadership to you? Leadership to me is teamwork. It's, it's showing people that they are as important a part of the team or as important a part of life as everybody else around them, that they have something to contribute and that their contributions are accepted and appreciated so that the organization or life can move on in a better way. I like that. You know, the first thing that came to mind is like in our own homes to show our children that we really appreciate them. Because I think a lot of times that, you know, parents just don't and we expect our kids to say please and thank you. And what we don't realize is that, you know, that acknowledgement to them of like, you did a great job there. Wow. Thanks for, for stepping up and doing that. And your home is, is functioning even better because, you know, you did those extra few things. And I want to thank you for that. That goes a long way, I think, in any relationship. But in particular with our children. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, if there was uh, one book, I know you've read many, <laughs> but there's probably one that has been a real game changer for you. Maybe it's on the topic that we're speaking about today, but I would really love it if you would kind of share that out. Um, you know, one that was life-changing for you or really supported and helped you that you could recommend. I it's, to pick one is so hard, but I do a lot of work with energy and power versus force by David R. Hawkins is would be a, a, one of my top ones for sure. Okay, awesome. I actually haven't read that one. So great recommendation. Um, now, before I ask you the final closing question, is there um, somewhere that people can reach out to connect with you if they'd like to? Yes. Right now, the the easiest way to find me is on Facebook, just Tamala Apple, or to email me at tamala.apple at gmail.com. And I'm just setting myself up on the Instinctive Solutions website. So 
I could be found there as well. And I will be working with uh, children doing some innate ability work for them. So yeah. Mm, I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing that. And I hope that you will. Um, and I'm speaking to the audience that I hope you'll reach out to her. Um, okay. So the final, final closing question, if you were able to only leave the world with one piece of advice based on all of the highs and all of the lows that you've experienced in your lifetime, what would you want to leave them with? You are enough. That's it. Wow. That spoke right to my heart today. And I'm sure it did to someone listening today too. Thank you so much, Tamala. It's been a real pleasure having you here today. Thank you, Corliss. This has been awesome. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.